Amen. But uh, I was preparing and I figured it's Easter Sunday. And what what should a good pastor preach about is the resurrection. And I was just going over all those good scriptures about the resurrection. You know, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, that uh, Paul said, I, I gave to you what I received as of first importance, that Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again the third day during the, according to the scriptures. Amen. I like the scripture that where Jesus said, because I live, you live also. And there's just many of them. Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, the word says. So there you go. I have preached on the resurrection (laughs) for a minute or two. But I was just very uh, distinctly impressed of that. I was not to to go that direction per se, uh, even though it's true and we believe in it and celebrate it. Here again, he's always alive. It's not like we have to make the biggest deal in the world about something that's true every single day. Amen. Amen. But uh, I was distinctly impressed to continue ministering along the lines of what we just read about the blessing of the Lord. And and as we've been preaching to you about for how many weeks now, about five or six weeks. And so I want to go on, take a little bit of time and and uh, share some of these things with you further about that. Amen. Well, you know, the Lord knew who'd be here today and uh, we feel like it's right to just go on. And uh, if you hadn't heard the, mo- the rest of this, then, then you just hook up to what, what you can get today and, and you'll get the right part of it. I want you to go to Galatians 3 today. The blessing of the Lord. We've been seeing what, uh, what a huge subject this is. And how could you hear about it? And hear about it and and just, I'm telling you, the more I hear about it, I get more excited about serving God. I get more excited about what he wants to do. I I see that there's levels of blessing in my life that I've never tapped into yet. Have any of you noticed that maybe in your life? Do you believe that there's more of God than what you've experienced so far? Oh Yeah. 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 But it's not his will that we be ignorant. He gave us the, he gave us the manual, the operator's manual, if you will, how to get into how to get into these things and uh, just work so marvelously when you go according to the manual. How many have ever tried to put something together and you, the first thing you did was you threw the, the instructions aside. Hmm? You threw the instructions aside. You got the tools you thought you need and you started putting the parts that look like they fit where they fit. And then at the end of it, you got this rickety thing with a bunch of extra parts. How many have ever done that like that? Huh? How many raise your hand if you won't admit it? How many of you always follow the directions and you sit there and read it first? Okay, there's a couple people like that too. Dumb honor students. Why, you know. Well, I've done that, you know, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, you know, grumble, grumble, go looking, where'd that piece of paper go? And sometimes the instructions are more confusing than what you thought you'd do anyhow, but, but anyhow, uh, in life, so many folk want to go without the instructions. Hmm? Well, it's time to pick up the, that thing that you tossed aside all those years ago. You know what I mean? Don't wait till you get through, you know, X number of marriages and 15 careers. Cause nobody, nothing's working right. Amen. Get the instructions. Get the instructions. 
We were talking about the blessing of the Lord and over in Galatians 3. We want to read this 13th verse here. It says, Christ redeemed us. Notice that word redeemed. That's not maybe a word that you and I use every day. Uh, how many have ever redeemed a coupon? What does it mean to redeem a coupon? Hmm? You turn it in in exchange for something. To be redeemed, it means to be bought back by paying a price. The manufacturer that issued that coupon buys it back by paying a price and you get the discount. Jesus redeemed us. He paid the price for what we couldn't pay. He paid the price for our sin. He paid the price for our shortcoming. Amen. Amen. He paid it for us so that we could get the discount. What does that mean? So that we could get eternal life that he promised us. You know, John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the coupon that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life, everlasting life. Praise the Lord. So Jesus redeemed us, the word says, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. You understand he hung on the cross. And in those old days, they'd call that being hung on a tree. He now look at this. Why did he redeem us? He redeemed us. In order that what? What's it say? Two or three of you following along, I hope. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And that would be us. The Gentiles are just people that who are not in covenant with God. The blessing might come to us. Through Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The blessing of the Lord that the Word is talking about and that we've been reading about a little bit today. From God's standpoint, there's just one variety. When He blesses, it's an empowerment in your life from Him to increase, to multiply, to prosper. That's his will for every one of his believers. Now, the blessing of the Lord, that blessing, it, that's part of our covenant, you understand. Uh, because the blessing of the Lord is embedded in a covenant, well, the terms of that covenant tell you the limitations of that blessing. Now, I'll, I'll explain this, okay? From God's side, the blessing is always in its purest form. It's just the, in its most powerful form with no limits. But on our side, there's, a, there's terms of a covenant that define this blessing, okay? You know, it's similar to an engine. You, you, you can have the engine, let's just say, of an automobile, and you understand that there's a perfect car, there's a perfect match for that engine. And, and you'll get the, the maximum Performance. You can have a high-performance vehicle if that engine is in the vehicle that's matched to it. Right? right, right. right? But you go, get, uh, you go take the engine out of a, a new, brand-new Mustang. How many know they're supposed to have decent engines in there? And you take that and you put that on a golf cart. 
you're going to be limited. That engine's going to be limited by that golf cart. Understand, I understand that in most cases you'll have to modify it just to get it to do anything. But that engine, it, it, that's not, it's not going to be in its most powerful form in the golf cart. Where's it going to be in its most powerful form? In the environment it was designed for. And so the blessing of the Lord is in its, is in its most powerful form in the Word of God, in the place it was designed for uh, right when He created man, when He created earth. And I mean, that blessing had no limits. It was amazing. It was powerful. Amen. Amen. And, uh, well, we'll look at some things here. On Adam, like I said, it was the perfect match. And that blessing was so amazing that God could tell Adam to multiply and fill the world. And guess what? He could do it. How would you do today if God told you, fill the world? Just by yourself. He just told, he just told two people, Adam and Eve, he told them, fill the world. And they were, able to, they were capable of doing it with the blessing. What's the blessing do? It'll multiply. It'll increase. You know, the, the blessing is what made America a world superpower. Do you know that? I understand there were historical events and different things, but I'm telling you, it was, it was because of what this nation was founded on, the principles of God, the laws of God. And because people worked that, it was the blessing that caused America seemingly in no time, really, to become a, the superpower of, of the world. The blessing did that, I believe. And, you know, we don't want to disconnect from that. Amen. You understand that Adam was mightily blessed, but he disconnected. And what happened? He didn't enjoy that blessing for, for too long, did he? And uh, so we understand this, that with the entrance of sin into the world, the world itself had to be capped or put into boundaries in order to keep sin in, in check. So that's why we had the flood. That's why we had the Tower of Babel and etc. But then God cut a covenant with Abraham, a man who believed God's promise. We don't know if Abraham was the only one that the promise was extended to, but we know Abraham's the one that responded to that promise. You understand when God gives us promises, they must be responded to with our faith. We just read about that. And because Abraham believed God's promise, God was able to count him righteous and was able to bless him. And we just read in Galatians 3 that we have his blessing. Didn't it say that? Verse 14 said, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come on us. What does it mean we have His blessing? In other words, this, the way the blessing looked in the life of Abraham, and then those after him who had His blessing, the way we see the blessing of the Lord showing up is the way we're supposed to expect the blessing to look for us. So many people, when they've read even stories about people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they don't see themselves in those stories. They see, well, wasn't that wonderful? Abraham was some kind of superhero and God did all these great things with him because he's a Bible hero. Abraham was a man who believed God. We can have those today. Yes. We can have a room full of them right here. Yes. People who will believe God. 
Abraham's faith gave God the right to bless and multiply. And that's why Abraham had what he had, did what he did. And according to the word, you'd have to you'd have to find all kind of scripture and you can't find any of it that would tell us not to look at that and, and say that we're supposed to have that. We read scripture that shows us that we are supposed to have in our life exactly the kind of stuff that Abraham had. Yeah. Is there anybody could say amen over on this side today? Amen. Amen. All right. We have his blessing, but we don't have it in his covenant. In other words, we don't have the engine of the blessing in his automobile. We have it in a different one. Uh, People make a lot of uh, a lot out of old performance cars. You know, What, what year is the Mustang that everybody would want? Is there a particular year? No, come on, 97, please. No, it's 60s, right? What about, what's the Corvette that everybody likes? Is it 65? Come on, I don't know any, I need help. I'm not, I'm not a really a car person. Thank you. Okay, there you go. So the 64 Corvette, right? Everybody would want one of those. Those are the collector's items. But come on, man, you can't tell me that the ones they make today don't have some better handling. Some, some much better improvements to them. Hey, man, maybe not all the nostalgia that they had back then, but, but uh, the new is better. The new is better. And we, don't, we have Abraham's blessing, but we have it in a new covenant. Hey, Amen. That blessing is housed or it's packaged in a much improved covenant or system. Jesus called it the kingdom of God. And that's what you want to be driving the blessing in. We don't have the limitations of Abraham's covenant. So we, we, we should expect to look at what the blessing was like in his life. And we should be able to see that similar thing in our life. But understand that we have a better system and a better covenant that that blessing is packaged in. Praise the Lord. I, I, wanna, I want you to look. Go back to Genesis chapter 12 where we ended up last week, I believe. Genesis chapter 12. How do you know what this blessing of Abraham looks like? Well, the only way I know to figure it out is look at what Abraham had in his life. Look at what the blessing looked like in his life. And that's what we're supposed to expect in our lives. One of the things we saw in chapter 12, you know, the Lord called Abraham out to leave his hometown, to leave the place where he was and to go to a different place. Uh, God didn't even tell him where that place was. He just said, you go in this such and such direction. And Abraham just set out in obedience. And the Lord said, I'll tell you when you get there. Uh, We don't like that too much, do you? Don't you like to know all the details of your life before you set out on something? How many would prefer if God would give you a printed itinerary for the next five years? Tell you everything that's going to happen. He's not. I said, he's not. He'll tell you this. He'll say, go here. Start doing this. Leave this. And you can sit there and go, but God, what's uh, what's on the other side of that door? He'll say, go through a door. Well, what's on the other side of it? And you'll hear silence. Until you do what? Do what he said. Go through it. And then you'll find out part two. See, following God is a trust situation. It takes faith. 
You got to trust him with every move. You got to trust him with every step. Amen. But I'll tell you, it's the most exciting life you'll ever live. It's not for the weak hearted. So he went, he went through some places and then all of a sudden there's this time of famine. And in the time of famine, Abraham came out. If you look at chapter 13, verse one, it said, Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had and Lot with him. Lot, you understand, was his nephew. And it said, Abraham had become what? Depending on what tra translation you had, mine says very wealthy. Very rich, one translation says. And the blessing of the Lord makes what? Rich or brings wealth. And Abraham was what? Do you know how come? Why was he so rich? Because God did what? God blessed him. Isn't it amazing that we see the blessing working just like it's supposed to work? Hmm? He was very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. But I want you to understand this happened in the time of famine. A famine so severe that everybody had to just more or less go to one location where they had some food. In the time of famine, Abraham came out on the other side of it very rich, very wealthy. Come on, it wouldn't hurt some of you to say those words. Very rich, very wealthy. In the time of famine, we could say this way, in the time of recession, in the time of economic hardship, in the time of economic disaster. Those on, look, if the blessing would do that in Abraham's day, how many know the blessing would do that today? God has not changed. Like I said, from his standpoint, the blessing is an empowerment to prosper. He only sends it out in its rawest form. Amen. Where it gets, where it gets uh, taken down a little bit is when it's in the, an environment, amen, that can only handle a little bit of it. If you got golf cart faith, <laughs> he's still going to flow. He's going to still flow that jet engine blessing in it. Amen. <laughs> but you're only going to get the golf cart part out of it. Now, what if you match some jet engine faith up with? That blessing. Well, you get a bigger manifestation of it in your life. Well, Abraham believed God. And in the time of famine, in the time of recession, he, he came out, not just made it through, he increased during it. There, there's so much more I want to show you. But uh, let me just say something. I said it last week. I'll say it again. When the world's going through their worst of times, God's people can be having the best of times. Why do you say that? Because of the Bible. You and I are not bound and limited by everything that this world system has to offer. God's given us instructions and shown us the way to where we can operate above it. Amen. Thanks for your enthusiasm today. Some folks sitting there like, you know, just. What do they call them? Catatonic when they just. Do nothing but drool. <laughs> and if you slap him, it doesn't matter. 
I'd like to just go try that out on a few people this morning. Just, to see if they are, in fact, <laughs> numb. Smack yourself a little. Come on now. Put, grab yourself by the back of the ear and say, come on, get something out of this today. Verse 5 says, Lot, Lot, understand, was Abraham's nephew. It makes, it makes a big difference who you hook up with, who you stay around. Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. Keep in mind, everybody, this is the time of famine. This is a time of hardship. This is a time of recession in the world. Now, notice this. Verse 6, hope you're listening this morning. Verse 6 says, the land could not support them while they stayed together for their possessions were so great that they were, they were not able to stay together. This is the time of famine and there's so many cattle. That the land can't hold them. I'm just reporting to you what's in here. So much, the ground couldn't hold all the cattle. Now, cattle is not the highest form of the, of the blessing, you understand. I mean, Abraham was rich in cattle, silver, and gold. How many would rather have the gold than all the, the okay. And it says that quarreling arose between Abraham's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. So, and we won't read all this, but I'll just say, here's what happened. Abraham said to Lot, he said, listen, we are not going to have this strife. Why aren't we going to have the strife and the fighting? Because Abraham knew that's a blessing killer. That will kill your blessing. There's a verse over in Proverbs that says the beginning of strife is as when one lets out water. You ever have a bathtub and then you pull the plug? Huh? And what happens? It all starts running out. How would you like the blessing of the Lord in your life to have the plug pulled on it? And you're sitting there having a fight with somebody and it's all running out. So Abraham was smarter than that. He said, oh, no, we ain't going to do that. Abraham might have thought, I, I haven't done everything right, but I tell you what, we ain't going to mess this thing up. And he said to Lot, he said, look, see all this land that the Lord's given us? You pick where you want to go. You pick the best part and I'll take the rest. Now, right there, Lot should have done something right there. Lot should, Lot should have said, hey, Uncle Abraham, my bad. But I am not leaving you. We're having a barbecue and we're starting with my cattle because I'm staying with you. Why was Lot blessed like that? Because he everywhere Abram was going, Lot was was with him. And if Lot wasn't a knucklehead, he should have figured this out that I am not leaving you. So but but he didn't do that. He chose the best land and he ends up in Sodom. Well, after Lot left, verse 14, the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, south, east and west. All the land that you see, I'll give it to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. No more Lot now. Who was the blessing hooked up to? The, Abraham is the one that had the blessing. And notice he said, hey, whatever you see north, whatever you see south, whatever you see east, whatever you see west, that's yours. Well, some of that had to be the part that Lot took. 
It's interesting that, you know, Abraham told Lot, you just take whatever you want. And the Lord, when he talked to Abraham, he didn't, he didn't say, Abraham, what have I told you about giving away all your stuff? It took a lot of working for me to get you all that land. And then here you just gave the best part of it away. What's wrong with you? Hmm? No, the Lord didn't say that to Abraham. He said, listen, don't you bother. I'm going to give it all to you. Well, in chapter 14, can we, can we look at just a little bit more of this before we go today? There was a, well, I don't want to read all this, but there was a big war, okay? And all the, all the kings got together. And verse 12, verse 11 rather, says the four kings seized all the goods of where? Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. And they went away and they also carried off who? Abraham's nephew Lot. And his possessions since he was living in Sodom. Now, wait a second. That's not where he started out living when he left Abraham. Hmm? You know, you never hear about Lot's cattle again. You never hear about his cattle again. Huh? The thing that he couldn't let go of. You never hear about it again. He lost it. He lost it all. He should have stayed with his man of God. But he didn't. So now, now they're all in bondage. And, and then one who has had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now, what's all this in, here, in the Bible for? Why are we looking at Abraham? We're looking at to see what the blessing looks like, aren't we? Okay. Now, Abraham was living near the great trees of Mamre, uh, the Amorite, and all, the, all that, what he said. Verse 14, when Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, check this out. You ready? He called out. The 318 trained men born in his house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Dan was a city. During the night, Abraham divided his men to attack them and he routed them. You know what that means? It's a knockout. A route. That means he... He didn't just whip them. Down south, there's something a lot worse than whipping. You know what it is? What is it? What's worse than whipping? Whooping. Whooping is way worse than whipping. He whooped them. Some, some of you guys hadn't hung out with, in the south enough. I have. All right, I've, I've traveled there for a long time. You do know that. A whipping is bad, but a whooping is much worse than a whipping. He routed them. He routed who? All of the armies. And he recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. Now, let me just ask you something. How many here you have an army in your home that you trained? Abraham had 318 men trained in his own house that were born in him. 
Abraham's living under the blessing. And with 318, he was able to take those men that he had trained. Amen. And I, I, I don't care if it's two men. If you got the blessing of the Lord on you. So he put, he put these, these guys up against all the armies and they whooped them all. Does anybody see something here? The blessing will cause you to overcome when all odds are against you. The blessing will cause you to go to the other side when you really ought to be spiraling down the drain. Now, who, who are we looking at? We're looking at Abraham, but we're also seeing, we're supposed to be seeing us. Us. And I understand in the day we live in, you probably won't have a house that has 318 people that were born in it that you trained up. But the principle is the same. Victory over your enemies. So he recovered all the stuff. He recovered all the goods. And verse 18 says, then a guy named Melchizedek. We'll just call him Mel. Mel, the king of Salem, he brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God Most High, and he did what? He, everybody say blessed. He blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. This was, this was a God experience. This was God visiting Abram and pronouncing the blessing on him. And, and I want you to notice that Abraham, see, he was, he, the reason he's in the book is because he was a responder to, yes. the, to the blessings of God. And what did he do? Abraham gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of everything. Right. What do you mean everything? everything? All the stuff that he took. All the plunder from this war. Gave the first tenth of it to this Melchizedek. What's Abraham doing? He's connecting to his blessing. Well, it's true. And then the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the people and keep the what? Keep the goods for yourself. So this is the other 90% of the stuff, right? And, and the kings are, are telling Abram, Abraham, you're the one that got all this back. Just give us our people back and you can have all of the stuff. You seeing this? How many know that's a whole lot of stuff? Well, we said to you there's a right way and there's a wrong way to obtain wealth. There's God's way. There's the world's way. And I want you to notice what Abraham said. I love this. One of my, I just, this is one of my favorite things to read. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath. Now, when did this happen? It might have just happened with Melchizedek right here. We don't know. But I've, I've sworn to him that I will accept nothing belonging to you not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made that man rich. Amen. And then you know the rest of the story. Abram was broke for the rest of his life because he turned down this great store of wealth and didn't have anything to live on. And 
All his army starved. And they had to go from place to place in their little pup tent. And that's not what happened. Do you see, Abraham said, you ain't going to be the one that said, you made me rich. I don't, I don't need the stuff. What did he need? He wanted the blessing. And the blessing of the Lord will bring the wealth. And did bring the wealth. But he said, no, this isn't, this isn't the system I'm in. This isn't the way I need to get it. I'll get it. I have it. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, it's a great place. It's a great place to be when you can have money staring you in the face and, and you say, not under those circumstances, I won't. Goodbye. When you can be the kind of person that you're not bought. If there's an ounce of compromise in it, you can walk right away from it and say, no, don't need that. Don't need that. Why? Because you serve the Lord, his blessings on you. There's plenty more where that came from and you can, it can come the right way. If we'll connect like Abraham connected. Be tithers, be, be the kind of people, amen, that'll have some backbone about us. And praise the Lord. You know, there's different times in, in people that I know personally, there's, there's times, some of them have real large ministries today, but there was times when people offered to, to write really big checks and they needed them really, really bad. But they, see, they, what they were doing was trying to buy a bit of control in their ministry. And uh, that's happened many, many times. Some people have gone ahead and let it go and then ruined everything, gone through with it. You know what I mean? But these individuals that I know, they said, thank you, but no, we don't, we don't want, here's your check back. There's been a couple times where I've given people's checks back to them from this church. At one time, it was a fairly good sized check that someone had written, but I was instructed to give it back to them. They weren't, they weren't right with God. They weren't right with us. And I gave it back to them. I said, no, we, we, don't, we don't want to receive this. You don't know how badly I needed it. That day, could have used it real bad. Amen. Abraham said, you ain't going to say that I made Abraham rich. He said, I'll accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me. These guys, let them have their, their, their share. The blessing, of, the blessing as Abraham had it is what we ought to see in our life. We're not just getting locked into these few examples and saying, well, it has to come this way. I have to go out and physically fight in a war. No, no, no. The same principles, the same things. There's things that you and I can look at and turn down because, you know, no, you, you're not going to be the one. This isn't right. Amen. When you know in your heart that there's a right way for this to happen. But we ought to see the kind of increase in our lives. Now, Abraham, he'd been going on for a while. He'd been, he's a little older when this happened. But you, through the course of your life, are you starting to see the blessing of the Lord in your life, bring an increase, bring in multiplication. Well, it's not all up to God. There's a part that we have. Now, as before, right before we're dismissed, I want to go back to Galatians chapter 3. I want to look there just for a really quick moment. We'll be dismissed probably in about two or three minutes. And I believe we can leave and say it's been good to be here and good to be in the Word this morning. Good to hear from God. I mean, this is just... 
This is awesome news. This is fabulous news. And it's not a fairy tale. I mean, this is truth. This is truth. It'll work for you today, just like it did when it was written. And we, you know, here again, I haven't arrived. And, and we're just, you know, in a lot of ways we're getting started. In a lot of ways then also we've been going for, for many years in these things. But I, get, I mean, there's, there's just stuff the Lord's done for us. I, I wish you'd follow me around for one day. Say, Lord, make me a handsome redheaded preacher like, like him. <laughs> the, blessing, the blessing of the Lord is visible. Amen. It's real. And it's for all of us. Well, I told you I'd read this one verse and we'd dismiss. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Why did he redeem us? Why did he die for us in our place? Yes, to bear our sins. Yes, to get us to heaven. But also while, we, while we're here, that the blessing would come upon us. How do you get started in this? How do you, what's the first step to all this, to this blessing? How do, you, how do you take the first step? The first step is to recognize that he redeemed us and to receive the free gift of eternal life. Father, we thank you today for this service. Thank you that we do serve a living Savior. And Lord, may everyone under the sound of my voice, if they don't know you, I just pray, Father, that the words that were spoken today would ring in them and, and that they wouldn't be left alone by your Spirit until they do make that decision to receive you as their Lord and to walk in the newness of life that'll be a blessing to them. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.